everybody. Welcome back to Hotline Monday with Scott Johnson and Justin Robert Young. Hello, Justin. Yo, what's up, dude? How you doing? I'm all right. It's the 31st of uh, July, 2017. I'm ready for this month to be over and yeah. move, move on to the next one. What you got, August? Let's see what you got, buddy, pal. Uh, Already, we have, uh, halfway through, man, right? More yeah, than halfway through. It's pretty weird. Uh, but listen, who cares about dates? What matters most is that we're here. We're talking. We're hanging out. It's Hotline Monday. We're taking your calls. Right over there in the uh, the Discord, fogpants.com slash Discord, if you aren't already in, and uh, get in that call waiting room. We'll pull you in today and discuss a few things like, oh, I don't know. I got one for you. This isn't even entertainment related, but I still want to ask it. Okay, sure. This is not, not the nerdiest thing ever, but look, I mean, let me preface it by saying I have never had a job where I was fired in less than two weeks. I actually have never okay. had a job where I was fired. I've never been fired. Uh I feel like that's a pretty good, I got a good record going on right now. I work for myself, so maybe I've, I've skewed the numbers in my direction, but I've never been fired or, or laid off. Uh, so when, uh, one notable millionaire (laughs) gets a notable job for two weeks or less than two weeks and then gets fired, most of us like, what, how in the heck, how did this happen? But you predicted it. I did. So tell us about the tell us about the mooch. This isn't really political, folks. We just want to talk about the process here. Uh, okay. So Anthony Scaramucci is a hedge fund, and really, like, he is a hedge fund of hedge fund guys. So like, he directs money to other hedge funds. Like he's he is a a a, a real like New York deal maker. Like a like one of those like. You know, guys who makes money on money on money kind of uh, kind of people. Right. Uh, he leverages his relationships. He certainly has a fiery, uh, a, a fiery point of view. He was brought in to replace Sean Spicer as the communications director. Yeah, who made it six months or so. Who yeah was there for a little bit. Now, that's that's pretty uh, usual though, right? Like every administration, those guys they're like six in, month guys. In general. There's always a little chaos at the beginning of somebody becoming president. Mm-hmm. Like, not every guess you're going to make is going to be right. Those are really tough jobs. They're really high-pressure jobs. Uh, there's a lot of people that rely on you constantly. And, and specifically, if you're going to pull non-traditional kind of choices, which Donald Trump has, there is a higher likelihood that you know people who can, in their private lives or in their business lives, kind of do whatever the hell they want. Yeah. I have to fit into this very rigid position and they find it chafing. Yeah. So a couple things happened. Uh, Spicer was out. Uh, that was over the uh, loud protestations of the chief of staff, Reince Priebus. Reince Priebus uh, was then out on Friday as Donald Trump made the choice to go with his current Homeland Security Director, General Kelly, General John F. Kelly, and uh, apparently today, only uh, minutes after he was sworn in as chief of staff, General Kelly sat down with Anthony Scaramucci and let him know that he was being relieved of his duties. This, of course, after one of uh, 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 one of the more disastrous initial 48 hours on the job when uh, he decided to respond to somebody's a reporter's tweet by calling them, not saying that what was happening was off the record, mm-hmm. 
uh, and uh, really, really, really going to town and letting folks know exactly what he thought, which, of course, was then reported in the New Yorker magazine. Uh, this apparently was not quite the level of discipline that the former four-star general was looking for. <laughs> I had to do give him his marching orders. By, by the way, General Kelly, the most military-ass name I've ever heard in my life. Don't you think? Like, I could hear that in a movie, a book, some famous dude in World War II. It doesn't matter. You, I'd believe you if you said General Kelly and his men. Oh, it's just a great military name. Love yeah. Uh, uh, people are pointing out that technically his start date was on October, or sorry, August 15th. Uh, so, and, and there's there's been a, a different messaging with stuff like that. So... Yeah. Uh, allegedly, he was working there. That was official. He was he was on the job, and uh, now he is gone. The mooch no longer. The mooch has scooched out of of office. Now, the uh, by the way, in that ten days, he also uh, his wife had a kid and then divorced him. Right. So that's the part I wanted to get to real quick. Um, he was with the president when she gave birth. That's the talk, anyway. Right. He was at dinner with him or something or something like that. Um, uh, I, 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 I have not followed that blow for blow, but I, I do know that he, that he did have the kid. Let's say there's a situation in your life that arises and somebody says, let's say Ashley's pregnant and she's about to have your first kid, but sure. the president of the United States has asked you to come to dinner with me. Oh, you know, I'd love to, but my wife's about to, I don't care. Get over here. And what would you do? Like, I, I'm, I'm not, not that I like the Scaramucci guy at all, but what would you do? Would you go when the president tells you to go, even though your wife's in like labor and dilated to an eight, or would you stay? Um, you know that's that's a hard question. I, I mean, I, I don't really think that there is a great answer for it, right? Like, no. uh, uh, obviously the 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 emotional thing to do would obviously to be with your wife, you know, while she's giving birth. That, that's that's uh, the the the. Number one thing that your instinct would uh, and should, I think, want you to do. But at the same time, you know, if if this is a a matter of, I mean, there's only a finite time that somebody gets to be president, right? And in that time, there is tremendous power to be had. There is a tremendous possibility to shape not only the course of the presidency, but the nation. And and with the nation, with America, so goes the world, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, if, if you look very rarely. You know, if I was like, oh, sorry, Ash, I can't watch our kid getting born because uh, I got to hit the bar. You know, these app specials are, are, are uh, insane at Bennigan's. <laughs> like, that's not, there's not really a huge benefit there, right? But if you can reasonably make the argument that, like, look, the fate of the free world is here and we have X amount of time to get our plan together before we roll things out, then you can make the argument that, yes, no matter how special, you could find your perfect little baby to be the most perfect little baby in the world. But we're talking about the world here. Yeah. The, 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 it's up against the free world. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it's hard. Yeah. No, it would be hard. I, that's the reason I ask it because I don't think it's an easy answer. I'd like to think, oh, I'll do the noble thing and stay with my wife. I'll dig, you know, that's more important. My child over the president. But then, I don't know, maybe not. Maybe it'd be, uh, maybe the reason he's eating with you or whatever is really important. Maybe you're going to save the day. I also like you, you invoked like, Bennigan's. So, I thought Bennigan's was gone, but you invoked them anyway. I like that. It also sounds like uh, uh, they um, they were they were I think uh, on the on the outs at, at that point. I, who knows exactly how 
uh, how welcome he would have been in 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 the delivery room. Yeah, the last time they were on the ends was precisely nine months previous. Oh, stop it! Oh, you stop. <laughs> well, you know they uh, were getting along all right, at least at that moment. I'm thinking. Anyway. Uh, you never know. You never know. Uh, so who cares? Those guys, they'll do their thing. Um, I wanted to mention, we're going to get to Game of Thrones here a little later, folks. So don't worry. You're going to hear that dumb stinger. And we'll talk about this latest episode and all of that. And really <laughs> anything else you guys want to talk about, please hop in and talk to us. Uh, Discord is open and ready. Frogpants.com slash Discord. Join the call waiting uh, room and we'll pull you in. Uh, quick mention, out of nowhere, which sometimes is the thing on Netflix, They'll come out with an original thing that I didn't know was coming. Never heard of it and had no idea what was going on. No anticipation, no trailers. I just, there it is. For me, that was Stranger Things. Had no anticipation for that. When that hit, it was like, whoa, what is this? Now everyone's talking about it. I got to see what's going on. Another one is that 13 Reasons Why or whatever it is. The, yeah. The suicide Girl deal. Uh, that happens on that channel or on that channel. There'll be more and more they're becoming a channel, but on Netflix. And so this thing shows up the other day called Ozark. And yeah. it imme- immediately poked at a thing I like, which is, ooh, someone's out in the woods away from law enforcement doing something no good. And that's all I knew about it. And that's enough for me because that's like justified or a million other things I like. So so that's good enough for me, but I didn't know much else about it. Crack that thing open. Uh, it's Jason Bateman. And he's uh, directing this first episode and it's him and his family. And he's a, he's a financial advisor who's gotten himself into a big problem. And I don't, I don't want to spoil the storyline because I think people should watch it. I've only seen two episodes. But holy crap, that came out of nowhere and is already creeping up my list of things I love right now. And uh, I know you haven't seen it yet. You probably will. What, what is it? What is it that draws you to this show? Um, I think it's it. There's a Breaking Bad quality to it, and I don't. I don't mean. I mean. I mean the comparisons are inevitable. It's hard not to make the comparisons because it's a otherwise kind of normal guy suddenly thrust into some bad situation and now he's going to try to you know to sort of weasel his way through and survive him and his family but i think it's different in lots of ways too so i don't think it's exactly a fair comparison but it's definitely in if there is a genre for this it's definitely in the breaking bad genre the kind of um, constant tension nothing seems to be going right you're rooting for people that are kind of bad you know yeah is that sort of thing and the truth is i was kind of getting a little tired of that like overall, there's a lot of shows kind of like that. It's getting a little tired of it. Like, I don't know. I can't you think of any other examples right now. But like you could say the Americans is a bit like this or, you know, these ones where, well, they're evil, but they're not evil. But they're sometimes evil. They're, they, they're basically they have the Jamie, the Jamie Lannister problem. Right. That's the yeah. whole. But it's the whole show. And so I was tiring of that, which is why I like the Fargo series so much, because despite how weird people get on Fargo and how dark it can get. The crux, the the good guys are always truly the good guys. Like straight up, the most innocent, nice, wonderful, happy people, not necessarily happy, but happy people possible. Usually played by the police. And they're always just these sweet-minded people who are out to get horrible, horrible people. And I like that change. I like that twist. Yeah. Most shows I haven't been doing that. So I was a little worried going into this. But there's just enough of what the, whoa, that was weird, that sound. Uh, there's just enough of um, of the Breaking Bad formula in here, but also just enough of I, I actually think I have good reasons for, to root for some of these people. So they're a little less disdain or they're a little less deplorable than they were. Oh, I hate that word now. Deplorable doesn't work anymore. We can't use it anymore, can we? Deplorable. I mean, you, 
It, it's a it's a free it's a free world. Yeah, but it's like you using the word um, Bennigans. <laughs> yeah, the word ben, the the noun Bennigans. But no, like uh, it 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 handles that stuff really well. But then there's also this mob stuff going on that I always like. Always like a good mob storyline. Don't care where it's coming from, how small it is in the story. If the mob's involved, I'm kind of way more in than I would have been otherwise. To me, it's just a good balance of those things. The acting's really good. Um, Jason Bateman is blowing, kind of blowing my mind. I'm, I don't know why I thought he wouldn't be great at this, but like you said before the show, comedians are often great at drama. Um, anyway, it's great, and people should see it. And I'm, again, I'm only two in. I may get done with it and go, whoa, well, it turns out it was trash in the end, but so far, so far it feels like a pretty, pretty awesome little piece of work. You see anything like that in the meantime? I mean, you've been busy. You went to Politico. No, no, I, do, I do have something that I do want to talk to you about, though. Mm. Saw you kind of involved in this conversation last night. Mm. The new, as yet, I think, I mean, maybe written, but certainly not shot, uh, HBO show. Oh, Confederate, yeah. Confederate by the folks who do Game of Thrones. Yep. Uh, there is obviously a lot of controversy around it right now. There is... Uh, a, a Twitter activist who previously had tremendous success with the Oscar So White campaign mm-hmm. has now directed her uh, uh, focus on this, which is no Confederate. Uh, it is uh, Confederate is theoretically an HBO show that is uh, created by Beninoff and Weiss, who do Game of Thrones, as well as two other creators that uh, I believe were behind Empire and something else. But right. uh, I'll. I'll give you a, a guess on which ones are black and which ones are white. <laughs> yeah, most uh, of them are white, uh, but yeah. Go ahead. Uh, uh, no, which team? Which, which of the two oh, teams? Which of the two are, teams? Yeah, your Game of Thrones people are white. Just hint. It's this spoiler alert. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is your take on it? Because <laughs> I, I have a, I have a take that surprised me. The more that I thought about it. Uh, but what is your take? All right. My initial take was I kind of came. It also be noted that we are at least one and a half white people. That- <laughs> <laughs> Who has the extra half? Me, I assume. See, we'll see. Okay. I'm fine. No, I'm fine. To, I'm fine to take that. I don't mind. Yeah, no, no, no. Between the two of us, there's there's one and a half white guys for sure. <laughs> we don't know if there's the other half. There might be one point two seven five. Anyway. Uh, so my take, I was late to the, to the hearing about this thing, I guess Comic Con's yeah. where it got announced, right? Or something, um, or something around there. No, no, no. they just put out a press release. Okay. But like it was around, they- it was around that time, I think, or something. Yeah. Anyway, I was in the middle of a big family reunion that week and then I had another one the following week and I didn't really catch up to any of the stuff until Saturday night. And at first I'll tell you what my gut reaction was. My gut uh-huh. reaction is, was, and, and I know this is going to seem a little trite to some of you. But I went, well, wait a minute. What how's is this all that different than Man in the High Castle? We're just, you know, we're it's an alt history tale. And it's an alternate history where the Confederacy won the Civil War. And what does you know modern life look like after something like that? In the same way that Man in the High Castle is Germany and the Axis powers winning, what does the world look like? And specifically, what does America look like in the in the wake of that? Which is a is a interesting fertile place. I like that kind of storytelling. I like alt history, just generally speaking. It's it's a great way to play with what ifs and talk about moral issues that you couldn't do outside of the context and all that. I think is a super interesting thing. Um, 
So at first I was like, well, what's the problem? We don't even know what these stories are yet. Is everyone worried it's just going to be, I mean, they're going to miss, knowing HBO, there's going to be a lot of storylines that are about black people in a post-Confederacy winning the war world being treated terribly. And that might include awful things like rape, child abuse, you know, obviously the, the the selling of human beings, the mistreatment of them, blah, blah, blah. All of that stuff is true. And HBO is not going to hold back on some of those things. That's that this isn't going to be an NBC production. This is going to be ABC. This is going to be HBO doing what HBO does. Um, Game of Thrones is a prime example of them doing that with issues like rape and others where they've, you know, arguably handled some of that stuff in a, in a way that maybe wasn't great. Anyway, my point is... Uh, as a, the more I've thought about it, the 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 reason I, I I think that my comparison of this potential show and Man in the High Castle is that Man in the High Castle comes in the wake of a Nazi Germany in full reconciliation mode. That's a country who went through hoops after hoops after hoops to bring people to justice. There were trials, there were executions held for the worst offenders. There were uh, manhunts for those who tried to escape. There was an effort at creating complete and total reconciliation and reparation for the Nazi period. Even to this day, they go out of their way to do that. And I'm not sure America has done that for our slavery period. Has has atoned for the Civil War, and by that I realize that's a really vague thing to say. You haven't atoned. What does that even mean? You know, but but there's something about the like you can you can find a Jewish person who can say, "Oh yeah, I love Man in the High Castle." It really asks some interesting questions, and it's about Jews being mistreated again and all this other stuff. They don't have the perspective of, "Oh, that's an exploitative, awful thing." Well, why? Well, because the German thing's been sussed out. They they did all they could. It may not be perfect, but they did all they could to reconcile that that era. And that effort is enough to clear the table a little bit so you can say, okay, now let's let's explore it. Now let's talk about the story. Now let's talk about alt history. Like it's that context that I think gives them leeway. And they haven't earned that leeway with something like Confederate. Um, do we need to just tell black people who still fear for their lives who still at this current time see people in power who don't have, they at least have the impression they don't have much of a care for them. Do we say to them, oh, just give us a chance? Uh, We don't know what the story is. Just give it a chance. Would we say that to, (laughs) would we say that in any other context for something that has never truly had any reconciliation? We've never really come to terms with it. We've never really, really done anything to acknowledge it. We just kind of sweep it under the rug and wish we were never a part of it. And that's different than what the Germans did. So that's my current thinking. I'm not saying I think yeah. they should not make the show. I'm saying I completely understand why people are worried about it. And and if they are going to do it, I think it's very dangerous ground, again, given the background of what I just explained. So that's my thinking. I could be up in the night. I may be thinking too hard about it. But I think that's the difference. And, and people who are using that, well, Man in the High Castle does it. What's the difference? I think aren't thinking very hard about it because there's a huge difference. All right. Let's, uh, let's try to take 
Are you, are you familiar with the term like value over replacement player? Yes, I've heard it before. I don't think I totally understand it though. Effectively, it's it's a it's a, a, a baseball analytics term because you can analyze uh, stats easier in baseball because everybody is you get all these one on one matchups as opposed to trying to understand how everybody's working together as a team. Yeah. But value over replacement player is what if you have somebody at third base, for example, and you just replace them with the statistical average, yeah. right? You took everybody that's doing it, made them one person, Joe average. How much better or worse is the person that you have there to that person? Mm-hmm. That fantasy idea. Okay. So value over replacement, Beninoff and Weiss Game of Thrones follow-up. Let's take all the, in the multiverse, the millions of other things that they could do, assuming that they were going to do something big and sprawly and world-building that gave them access to power and danger and politics and uh, politics and stuff like that, right? Uh, is this better or worse than the average? The average idea that 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 you could have read that press release about. So the 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 one that's about whaling in in the 17th century, except the the the, the kraken really exists. Like uh, or you know uh, uh, about uh, you know just the the rise and fall of Taco Bell or something, and the fast food wars, or one about death row records in the 90s. Whatever you could possibly say, like, is this better or worse than uh, a, a, a general idea that would be their follow-up? Right. I totally, I, I totally get that idea. I'm I, asking you a question. I know. You're saying, is it better or worse? And I'm thinking. Uh, I mean, okay, I'll tell you. I mean, I, I'm, I'll be honest about what I want, and it kind of answers your question. I want to see this show. I'm very interested in it. Like, yeah, I want to see because I think the goal of it, the narrative goal isn't to say this isn't like, look at what we could have had if we would have won. That's not what they're doing. They're saying, look how hideous it would have been. Look how bad this would be. Now, some may say, well, that's not good either, because then you're saying, well, now you're creating a relative worseness that doesn't exist. So be happy. We're we're more racially uh, equal now than it would have been. You know what I mean? Like, that's dangerous, and also, too. And also, that isn't necessarily a great television show, right? Like, no. who wants... Like, I think we all crack it, right? Yeah. yeah. We generally recognize, like you mentioned, slavery to be the original American sin. We we, we, we uh, have cultural scars for it to this day, for which agitates people on a regular basis. So, uh, yeah. No, I, I think... Uh, I think we got it. Uh, that would be really bad. Really, really bad. In fact, m- some might say it's bad now because there are elements that are too close to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I mean, that's that's my clear, that's my main issue. Okay, let me ask you this. If somebody came to you and said, yo, HBO's making this show. It's called Confederate. It's an all history. Uh, the Confederacy won. Slavery persisted. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, who's making it? Uh... The guy that made the butler and the dude who made um, New New Jack City and then uh, these two other black guys that are big time writers right now and uh, Medea or <laughs> whatever. Well, like all these important black creators are making it. Does yeah. that change this this thing? Does it change? One hundred and fifty percent in terms of everybody believing that it should should or shouldn't happen. I don't know if I would find it a more interesting concept because the creators were black as opposed to white. 
Yeah. I, I, I find this topic really, 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 really troublesome. Do you ever see the documentary? It's it's a mockumentary, actually. Uh, uh, CSA, the Confederate States of America. Yeah. You did see that? I No, I've heard of it. Haven't seen it. Yeah. So I saw it. It's all right. Yeah. It's interesting uh, uh, exercise, but it's basically like a bunch of television clips uh, uh, or taking us through media as if we were in modern times in a Confederate world. And, and so the idea is that they're mixing in things that did happen okay. or, you know, with things that, that they bridge into creating, you know, the man first man on the moon puts a Confederate flag on the moon. Right. Uh, but then there's also like some Bojangles ad from the the seventies where you're just like, Oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> Right, uh, right, right. So here's the problem, I, fe- I feel. Number one, these are the wrong guys to do this show. Because mm. there's a lot in Game of Thrones that Game of Thrones can get away with because it's fantasy. Yeah. But it's not real. Yeah. Na- by Game the way, name, name two, that's a huge cast, name two black people. And you'd say Worm, Wormwood or whatever his name is and the girl. That's it. So there's not a yeah. lot of, they're not coming to this with this like, pedigree of incredible racial diversity work they've been doing <laughs> like everybody's uh you know white and speaks in an english accent yeah so uh game of thrones has gotten away with being real fast and loose with some of this stuff uh because of the subject matter that they that they are dealing with right yeah. number two there's an element to their writing where they love making the bad guy good <laughs> yeah i think in a world where jamie lannister and we can get into what happened like in, in the episode last night but like jamie lannister is at this point this kind of like tragic flawed hero right yeah. like he gets moments where we feel bad for him uh but he's the guy that we sympathize with in fact in in a world that is like now chewing up people all around him. It, it, it's him kind of doing these, uh, you know, uh, Jim from the office looks to the cameras and shrugging that we're like, yeah, man, what it would be like to be that guy, right? <laughs> right. So now, extra- I don't think it's, it's, it's irresponsible to say, okay, so uh, we in their press release, they say that we're going to focus on the people that run a modern-day slave conglomerate. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me that they're not going to be cool and we're not going to kind of like look at them and one of them's going to really feel like, oh, my dad got started this business. I want to get out of it, but he can't because now it's a highly charged political thing. Yeah. And like, of course, he's sleeping with a slave or something like that. It's like, ugh, yeah, geez. no, they're right. You're right. It's and, and it's never to their credit as storytellers. These guys are never going to settle into a, a much more traditional tropey method, which is. They're all wondering, what are we doing this for? I'm having a change of heart. I'm going to rebel against the popular notion that that blacks should still be slaves. And like that, they're not doing that. These guys make shows about complicated, issues ridden, kind of pessimistic view of people. Like that's what they do. So there's no way, if they're in charge and they're writing these, there's no way that we're going to get unsympathetic white masters and also uh even even the black people who are affected in these stories we're not going to get a version of them 
that's all, you know, what I'm going to say is they're going to they're going to make it so everybody's a little dirty and they're going to do that like they do with Game of Thrones. And that worries me, too. And and so, you know what? I may be dead wrong. This may come out and go, oh, my gosh, best show ever. But is this still something we want to, like, say to 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 ourselves as a culture or to other cultures? Yeah, give it a shot. See if it's OK. Given all the history there is behind that, man, it'll be fine. <laughs> we don't, yeah. How do you know? You haven't seen it yet. Like, that is the most lame-ass thing. It's like saying, uh, it's a little like this. If you know somebody who's had a history of abuse in their life, their dad beat them or something, and you're like, all right, well, you've gained, you're, you're a couple years older. You've been, in the, uh, you know, you've been in the system for a couple years, and we've separated you from your dad. Well, we're told he's fine now, so... Go and hang out with him for a weekend. You'll just be you and him. It'll be fine. Like, that's a little like that. It's like saying, well, of course we'd say that. We didn't. Ha- we don't have this history. It's not me yeah. and you and our ancestors that were treated terribly. So, so I totally get where they're coming from. But part of me, it's the part that likes alt history no matter what it comes in, whatever package. I don't even care that it's this race-based one. I just like alternate history. I think it's a, a really interesting way to tell a story. So part of me wants to see this on that level. But maybe it doesn't have to be this. Maybe it could be something else. But I, All right. So two things. Number one, quick fixes, right? So me and you are going to walk up to HBO. We're going to be like, hey, listen, you guys got a lot of uh, stuff on your plate. We're going to fix it here for you right now. Number one, let me ask you, all right, if, if, if this change is better or worse, you're going to be the HBO executive. You tell me whether or not this makes the idea better or makes the idea worse. All right, okay. Okay. All right, here's your problem, guys. You're doing this in modern era. So how about you don't, you, you hit them up with another press release. Guess what, guys? We left off of some a really important paragraph in our original press release. Here's that paragraph. Confederate takes place 200 years from now in a conglomerate country of Canada, Mexico, and uh, uh, the, the United States called the the North Maryland. <laughs> All right. And so now we're far away North in time. Yeah. And we are not dealing exactly with our civil war, although obviously it will be evocative of these different tropes, mm-hmm. uh, of these different elements. It will touch back and be evocative in the same way that you know, Game of Thrones is really the War of the Roses, right? That that with dragons and and Romans involved, right? Mm-hmm. Like the same thing, but it's not now. It's not taking place in the modern era. Scott, does that make it better or worse? Um, because you fantasied up a little bit, maybe. I, I mean, removed it. I removed it a little bit. You removed it from a re- from a reality that we currently live in with these changes, and you put it in a place we're not even to yet. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. A little. Yeah. It does a little. Sure. All yeah. right. I got another one for you. Okay. Dig this. So it's exactly what we said, and it's man, it is everything you think it is in in the bad sense. It is like the slave owners are are super handsome and rugged, and it's just like all this you know, really awful, ugly sex stuff is happening and it is just brutal Mm. to the pilot aliens land. (laughs) (laughs) Um, right. And so now that's really the issue uh is how does a bubbling cauldron 
that we know very, very well react to the fact that now we are being attacked by aliens. Boy, it would really have a leveling effect, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, or worse. I'm going to say worse because that's a terrible concept. Like, it's just <laughs> bad. But I understand your point. I'm, I, I still say that if you said, hey, Woody, um, Woody Allen made this movie called 12 Years a Slave. I think they would have gotten all kinds of heat for that. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, listen, uh, 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 what's his butt could do, uh, you know, Tarantino can do Django only because he has, you know, given a few black actors the best roles of their lives. Yeah. Right. And he made it a like a full like kill whitey, you know, exploitation <laughs> movie. Right. Yeah. The whole point of the movie was let's kill as many slave masters as possible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> That's a really good point. So, you know, I don't know. It, it, the problem with this show, I think, is a very unique combination of I don't think the premise is exceptional. It didn't have that hook, right? Like, you know, Game of Thrones is great. You're, you're explaining Game of Thrones to somebody else. You're like, all right, Lord of the Rings but R-rated, yep. and there's no magic. And then, of course, there is magic later. But it's like, for that first season, you're like, no magic. Nobody has a spell. You never run into, you know, go to Merlin, and Merlin's going to be like, I need a newt! And and then they <laughs> uh, make a magic force field, right? Yeah. Like, it's, it's realistic, R-rated, yeah. violence and sex, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Because I like Lord of the Rings. But I also like violence and sex. Yeah. So now I got a good show. The Wire. It's a cop show, but it's almost as much, if not more, about the drug dealers than it is about the cops. Right. Right. So it's Black Sopranos plus Hill Street Blues. Right. So boom. Okay, cool. I'm into that. What is the comp here? Uh... Yeah. Even even like Westworld, which I think we we can we can agree to disagree on on how great Westworld is, but it's like Westworld is okay. It's Game of Thrones meets Jurassic Park yeah. in a West. Yeah. Boom. Like yeah. that's I like both those. I like all those things. I want to watch this show. Yeah. Now you. There isn't one. The answer is there's not one because. I mean, the best you can say is uh, we really like Philip K. Dick's Man in the High Castle book and show. And we, and we want to go that direction, but with something else. That's the best comp you can make. And uh, even then, Man in the High Castle has that weird sci-fi thing to it, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. No, it totally does. Like this Man in the High Castle, despite... Man in the High Castle has a, a conceit. Well, I don't think this gives anything away. It doesn't matter. It's old enough now. But uh, there's a conceit in that show where... You're never quite sure if this is reversible. In other words, you're pretty sure uh, while, you know, Nazis and the Japanese Empire are in charge of everything, there's a very thin layer between that and the other dimension where that's not the case. And, yeah. and, and so that lightens it up enormously. Like that alone is enough to say, oh, OK, well, we're in a, you know, this is like Star Trek and talking about race. It's different than just talking about race. So, exactly. yeah. So, so they don't have that here. And part of the reason they don't have that is they have a they they have a tendency on HBO to go straight to the throat of things and not give you an out like that. Um, Game of Thrones has a built-in out, but you're making up an out here, and I don't think they have it. 
So that's a really that's a really good point you bring up. I don't know how. Not says all right. It's Roots meets Game of Thrones, which doesn't have the exactly a good ring to it. Exactly because those two are rad for diametrically opposite reasons. Yep. Roots was an important uh, miniseries, one of the most watershed miniseries of all time, because it gave an unflinching look to the horrors of slavery. Mm-hmm. Right. It was about everything that was awful about it. Game of Thrones. While brutal, I mean, you know, we watched and delighted and thought were the best elements, characters being horrifying to each other, like like murderous, just awful, disgusting, uh, uh, not even to say that they're just murderous is is kind. Like this is sociopathic beyond the pale, mm-hmm. right? And we clap and yell and, and and are excited because, oh, that's so hardcore. That's so badass. How insane is that revenge served, right? Mm-hmm. Mix those two. You're not like, oh, I want Roots, but it's lighter, right? <laughs> don't want, like, I want Game of Thrones, but it has all these really uncomfortable elements of, of our society shown back at us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing that show would get in trouble for occasionally. Like two seasons ago, when it tried to have that that whole thing that wasn't in the books, the whole thing with Ramsey and what's her name, yeah, uh, that tread real close to where your limits are, and that's in the context of this fantasy series where you kind of want those limits. They're now working; they're at least talking about working in a space where those where it's very different. So. So I don't know, man. It's either the biggest challenge ever and somehow they'll accomplish it or this is just bad. You should stay away from it. It's 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 rotten fish before you bought it. Don't do it. But I don't know which way it's going to go. It feels like they're not doubling down, but it feels like they're just going to go ahead. Um, I mean, now the question is, because I assume what their plan was is to announce it now, staff the show. I'm sure they have X amount of writing already done. Start shooting it. Uh, you know, in between the production schedule of whatever the last things they have to do on Game of Thrones are, uh, and then debut it right after the final season of Game of Thrones, yeah. if not right before. Yeah, they want to kick. They want to kick it right in. And some so, of them, some of them, maybe they're going. Oh, this controversy is good. It's it's the publicity we we want to ramp this thing up. But I'm not so sure. This is a real sensitive thing. I I, I don't know. I don't know. Joyce Cotton. Let's see if it plays out for him. Yeah. So let's do this. We're going to dive into some spoilers about Game of Thrones to finish things out today. And we're going to get like super spoilery, spoilery. Okay. So that's how we warn you guys about this. And what we do before we do that is like put out a few little things that people should be looking for. So Justin, if you don't mind uh, any plugging you'd like to do before we go into full spoiler mode. We are under two or under three days away from the end of the action news Kickstarter. So Go, go, go right now. If you do not go and buy this Kickstarter, you will probably not get it. Just kidding. I get it. But uh, uh, the only way you can be assured that you will get it is to get it right now. ActionNewsGame.com. We are trying desperately to get to 1,000 backers. We are, I think, uh, 50-something away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, right now, so go ahead and please help us get to where we need. Yeah, 59 backers away. 59 backers away. It's going to be a squeaker, folks, so go ahead. I would encourage you to back now if you have not, and if you have already, 
then please go ahead and tell a friend. Nice. Uh, we are only on the 905, uh, 955 backers. That'll unlock the two-day blackout in New York City card, which is one of the craziest things to think about these days when uh, you can't imagine something going, a major city going dark for two days. Oh, my in, gosh. In yeah, that's, ins that's insane. Uh, yeah, get it. Be part of it and break all that stuff wide open like a big wound and let it ooze down your face like what's his name's pussy disease that Sam fixed for him. None, yeah. of, none of that is good that I said. Uh, and for everything I've got going on, just check out Scott Johnson on Twitter. There's nothing major right now. Getting back together uh, my life after these horrible family reunions. Um, I can't find my stinger thing that we play. We had a, what? We had it last week. What did I do Everybody with it? Everybody will be so upset if you do not find this I know. I, I had it. Hold on. Let's see. They're, they're going to think that you did it on purpose because they know you hate it. Oh, I found it. I found it. I found it. Okay, I just didn't put it where it needed to go. Okay, here you go. Here's the thing. Watch the throne. Watch. Here's the theme song. One song. One song only. <laughs> so bad. I freaking hate it so bad. Oh, that's cool. I like that. It's the uh, Game of Thrones version of uh, a Western. Anyway, let's uh, let's dive in. We had the episode called the Queens. The Queens. Oh shoot. Queen's Vengeance? No, the Queen's... Justice. Queen's Justice. Queen's Justice, that is correct. The Queen's Justice was the most recent episode. It was last night. Refers mostly to, well, a couple of things, I think, as often those titles do. It's not just about Cersei and her stuff. I think it's also a little bit of justice to be had in Highgarden. Um, anyway, a few things like that goes down. I don't know where you want to start this thing. It was one of my favorite episodes in a long time. I really, really liked it. Um... It kind of had a heist quality to it that I wasn't a expecting. Yeah. Oh, oh, the the end, the final sequence. Yeah, and then when they would narrate, it was almost like it was uh, one of those Ocean's Eleven's movies when they're like, and then the, they're gonna find great resistance at the wall, but when they get over there, they'll be able to do this. And then I built the sewers, and then they would show footage of the Unsullied going into the buildings as Tyrion is explaining this, and I I just like that kind of edit uh, where you. Where the, where the story is being told to you and you're seeing it in quick cuts and you don't need a big, long, drawn-out battle scene. You just need bits of it uh, to, to satisfy you, and I thought that worked out really well. But um, overall, pretty awesome. Significant death in this one uh, of a character everyone loves. So anyway, we can talk about that in a second. Where What'd you think? What'd you like? Did you like it, first of all, I guess I should ask? I, I did. Really, the only thing that I have with this season is just like, you know, it, it's really been the difference between watching Captain America and watching the Avengers. Like, it, it's it's like things are just that so, that show has been so slow for so long, and I've 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 really loved that pace. And now, not only every episode are things moving forward at this rapid rapid pace, every scene. Every single scene is something that is like, wow, we're resolving a huge plot point. Something that we have like agonized and danced around for years and years and years where it's like, you know, this is the third episode of the season. And we have the, the meeting of what we imagine to be and it's called literally Ice and Fire. Mm -hmm. and those of you who are not aware, the name of the books are the Song of Ice and Fire. So it's like. 
is this the point of the entire series? Did we just watch the entire like piece? The pieces come together. Like, are they flirting with each other? Are they going to fall in love? Like, we have no idea. But we do know that a lot's happening, and yeah. that like things continue to be resolved. The, the bigger story of this episode is that Cersei is acquitting herself exceptionally well at being a a iron-fisted queen of the seven kingdoms. Yeah. She has outsmarted her brother twice. Uh she has probably uh, uh negotiated a peace with the biggest foe that could have taken her down, the Iron Bank of Bravos. Yep. So she is doing those at pretty rapid pace. Yeah. Like, like so she right got, now, she got the- and, and, uh, just for laughs you know, she's kind of a, a redeclared incest to be super rad. Uh, <laughs> and uh, and decided to, like, in the most cold-blooded way possible, uh, uh, just, you know, torture her enemy. Yeah, get her revenge in a very, I don't know, appropriate way, considering what she's getting revenge for, I suppose. Uh, uh, appropriate. Poetic, maybe, but that's, that's a little far. Yeah. Um, so... Jumping ahead just a tiny bit, the High Garden Grandma. What's her name? Grandma High Queen Garden. Of, uh, Queen, or, uh, Lady of Thorns, Olena Tyrell. That, that her. She uh, dead now um, because uh, Jamie conquered the city, kind of fooled everybody into thinking where they were going, showed up there, put some poison in her drink, told her to drink it, said that Cersei wanted to flay her alive and throw her off the edge of the keep or you know all these other horrible death things, behead her, whatever. But he talked her into this, which is just poison. She says, will it hurt? He said, no. She goes, great. She slurps it down as fast as she can after she hears that. And then proceeds to tell him that uh, she was the one responsible for poisoning Joffrey when he died. And make sure you go back and tell your sister that. Um, I only have one question. You could see clearly in Jamie's eyes that this was shocking news because he is, you know, Joffrey's father. But did she know that? Did she know that he was the dad or was that just a rumored thing or it means it means a lot more or maybe it means less if she knew or didn't know. I think everybody, everybody that's in the know knows. Okay. Uh, I I, I think that that's uh, that is described, I think, both in the show and in the books as something that is uh, a very pervasive rumor, obviously, uh, even amongst the common folk. And so those that are close to them. And can like you know see the kids, <laughs> you know straight up. Yeah. Like yeah okay, and also that that they kind of act in that sort of dotish way. Sure. But there's your resolution on an on a point of uh, a, a point of question that we've never had answered. Who killed Joffrey? No, um, she admitted to it. She admitted to it to Marjorie. Oh, I don't remember that. Did she? Yeah, she said, uh, you know, you, you, you would you don't think that I would let you marry that monster, did you? Oh. Well, maybe it was implied, but I don't think they ever like straight up said it because they because the, the 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 show and the music it was playing when she told them sure made it seem like that was a giant reveal. What well, to to Jamie? Yeah, to Jamie. Yeah, that that also this is another element of Jamie. Again, uh, we were mentioned before. Jamie is this very sympathetic character now for somebody that has been just the worst human being on the planet. Begins this show by pushing a child out of a building yep. callously, yep. right? Yep. Uh, now is kind of paying consistently paying for his 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 past deeds so much so 
that now we fully feel bad for him. Yeah, yeah. That it's I, like, I genuinely feel bad for the guy. That he, you know, I, I would suspect that Cersei probably half suspected that it was Olena who poisoned uh, Joffrey, sure. right? I mean, she's very invested in this Tyrion thing, mm-hmm. but that this is a huge, this is probably not something that's not a tremendous shock to her. And yet, it's Jamie that has to pay. Right. Jamie's the one that has to bear that knowledge. Jamie's the one that's got to tell her or decide not to tell her and, and uh, you know, uh, break that trust. Uh, but it's like, it's it's hard. It, you know, uh, it's for that, that reveal was to hurt him and then for him to carry that hurt back to Cersei. Right. And for Anna to just do one more stunt on Cersei's face just to just show her, you know, hey, by the way, I killed your kid. Yeah. And anyway. uh, out. <laughs> anyway, see ya. Yeah. yeah. So, so, okay. Uh, before, I, before I forget, I wanted to mention this. Uh, the whole um, uh, freaking Dragon Queen and, and Jon Snow. I like that this meeting has been conflicted, kind of frustrating. Both seem to have different, very different points of view. One of them is claiming something that everyone else thinks is a fairy tale. Uh, it's putting, you know, Tyrion's trust on the line a little bit in, in the eyes of the queen because she knows he likes and trusts John. John knows that he's coming into the lion's den because every time any of those leaders go south, they end up dead. I mean, I like that that's so conflicted. I don't want that to be easy. I didn't want that to be a great reunion, uh, a truly a dance of fire and ice. I wanted it to be a argumentative, frustrating, butting of heads, two very different motivations kinds of things with conflicts of interest. I think that's made it way more interesting. So I personally have no problem with that. And I want I, I don't know where that's going. And your really? point your your point may have been, well, it's all happening very fast, and that's not exactly what I'm addressing, I guess, but no, no, no. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm fine with it going the way it's going. It's just that these are the kind of meetings that we want that we've wanted for, what, seven years now, right? So yeah, it's like or twenty if you count the books. Yeah, yeah. They're just they're just you know kind of coming very very fast. Uh, the only thing that I had a kind of a question watching was just more of a timeline thing, because John's like, you're all idiots if you don't. Stop the Night King. Yeah. The dead walking, and they are coming here. We need to knock it all off immediately. Screw King's Landing right now. We got to prepare in the north. Yeah, it won't matter. His words were, it won't matter if there's a skeleton sitting on the Iron King or Iron sure. Throne. Iron Throne. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, and then, of course, Daenerys' point of view is like, all right, let me win this war, and then we can talk about this crazy Night King thing. And... John's like, no, these are mutually exclusive things. Either we focus on the Night King or we focus on Cersei. And you're an idiot if you focus on Cersei. <laughs> Same time, she's like, yo, you can mine this dragon glass. Yeah. Like, not like, hey, we've already mined it. Throw all this crap in your boat. Take it up tomorrow. Yeah. We're begin mining <laughs> dragon glass. It just seems to me that at a certain point, like you should be able to win, you know, like winning the war for the seven kingdoms seems like something that might take months, right? If not a year. Yeah. Whereas like same with mining the dragon glass, how fast are you going to be able to make these weapons if they're just getting mined tomorrow? 
All right. They're going to pull a how did Varys get across the seven seas so quickly moment. Jesus, they're doing that all the time now, right? Yeah. Like, like everybody's just like, hey, I'm leaving. Yeah, there's uh, no question they're compressing things. I mean, it feels that way. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's bothering me necessarily, but like, think about it. You got three of the biggest things that could happen in the show. High Garden Grandma taking taking her leave. Bran is found and brought back to his sister. They've not seen each other since season one. Like yeah. early in season one, Bran and Bran, Bran came back from Burning Man. <laughs> right, and he's literally a man now. So that all like, that all has happened. There's no Hodor I'm in tow. Weird. I am weird as hell. <laughs> I'm like super weird, and I'm gonna like talk about you having sex randomly, like. It's it's a weird scene now for me, Bran, the three-eyed raven. Yeah, the three, hi, I'm Bran, the three-eyed raven, and nothing I say isn't weird, is kind of what he said. And then, yeah. and then the meeting of the, uh, you know, uh, Khaleesi and freaking uh, the Warden of the North. Like, three huge moments in one episode. This show's yeah. not used to doing that. So, no. I'm, I'm with you on the compression. I'm not sure it's bugging me yet, but I get it. I also understand that I mean, we're almost, what are we? We're more than halfway through the first half season thing. So what do we got left? I, I guess, Two? It, my, my, my point isn't that it's bugging me. It just feels like a different show. Mm. You know, it feels like a much faster show than it was before. Like, I guess I'm just used to somebody saying, all right, I'm going to talk about going somewhere for an episode. I'm going to get in an argument three quarters of the way through the episode. And then I'm going to leave in the final scene. And then the next episode, I'm going to be on the road. And the next episode, I'm going to be at an inn. And the next episode, I'm going to be at a castle somewhere between where, there and where I'm going. And the fifth episode, I'm going to get there. Yeah. These have a lot of loose ends to tie up and a lot of characters to do it in. And in a lot of that, they have to do in like 12 episodes. It's just going to be it's going to be kind of crazy. And I expect to see more of this coming up. Wait, what? how many more are there? Well, we're at three of the first five, I think, for the half season or something. Or five. Is it five or six? Whatever it is. I well, maybe it's seven and seven. I actually don't know. I don't know on this. I also know that they're 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 playing a little loose with time. Last night's episode was an hour and ten minutes. Um, the episode before that was like forty eight. Yeah, four to go. Next one is the spoils of war, and then uh, we will we will see what they're called after that. But this all wraps up. Yeah. Uh, it's oh, getting, wait, hold on. It's getting real good. While you're looking. Uh, Slash Bank uh, is our first caller today. We've been a little light on calls. Hey, Slash Bank, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Good, man. I, I just been listening to you guys talk and uh, about the pace of this show and how fast it's going. And and I was looking at how many episodes we have left, and I'm like, they have a lot of stuff that they're just gonna crash through to to, to get this uh, wrapped up. And there's I mean, and there's a limit, right? Like, what do you think? Like what's too much and what's just enough? Like, do they even do we even have an option with only this many episodes left for them to not I'm, crash through all this stuff? Oh, they've got the two major battles. You know, one at the wall and then one at, uh, down at King's Landing that you're going to have to spend an episode each on, probably. Yeah. Um, you know, luckily they've kind of looks like they've they've taken out a lot of the players this way, forcing John and uh, uh, Daenerys have to be together i mean she's probably going to be going up north here in an episode or two but yeah i mean they, they still have a lot of stuff that they're gonna go through really quickly here yeah i, I agree with you i think it's gonna get uh it's gonna get a little nutty do you you agree justin i mean is it too much like how much is too much are you worried uh, i'm not you worried. know I, I, I it all depends on where they want to go right so 
It seems like they've got a plan on where they're going to do it. If anything, it's just like the only scene that made me feel like things are going too fast is when, you know, Jorah Mormont, we have seen that build, the grayscale thing, build and build and build and build and build. And then he literally just, you know, gets a shot in the ass. And now he's like doing a backflip on the way out of the Citadel, right? Yeah. And as I really, there are things I liked about that. Like Jim Broadbent, freaking, oh my gosh, I love that guy. Yeah. Uh, I love him. I love Sam's moment with Mormont toward the end, uh, basically paying off his father for by doing this good deed for his son. And the handshake is meaningful, the double handshake thing. And, yeah. The sun coming through the thing. It's all really meaningful. But yeah, it took him a season, it felt like, to deal with the stone man disease and an episode of one a bite down hard. Okay, you're good. <laughs> See you later. It's you you might, you might know what it reminded me of. Is Remember in uh, Battlestar Galactica when, when Apollo got fat and he was in a fat suit for like <laughs> half season? Yeah. And then like they resolved it by him just like, just a shot of him, the regular, beautiful bodied actor, like in the gym. Yeah. And he just like sets down his rep and he's just like, huh, remind me never to get fat again. And like, that was it. That, it was just like, there was no slow, like, it's just like, yeah, he worked out a bunch and we're done. He's, uh, he's out of the fat suit. Go. <laughs> yeah, I actually hated that when that happened. That's when the series took a little bit of a turn for me. But that was to show a passive, it was a passage of time thing, right? Yeah, like, well, I don't know. I mean, I love I love that season of of the show, but it's just like it's just one of those things where they they make a decision and they don't quite know how to get out of it. Yeah, well, and they don't have time. I mean, I'm sure. Again, if this were a longer season, you probably would have had two or three more episodes where Jorah would have been close to death, and and it would have been a bigger thing with uh with uh, uh Sam to be like, oh my god, that I just kill this guy, like I'm gonna really get in trouble. Mm -hmm. And then he pulls through and, and you feel like it's earned a little bit more as opposed to like, you know, him getting crap ripped off of him uh, in one and then next thing you know, Jim Broadbent's like, This is crazy. <laughs> I'm Jim Broadbent. <laughs> oh, I love him. I love him in this especially. Something about that guy. Um, all right. I think that covers that episode pretty well. We'll do this again next week along with other stuff and talk more about uh, what's going on in the world of Game of Thrones as we get closer to the end of this epic run, one of the biggest shows in television history. Uh, but until then, don't forget to check out uh, where we're at online, frogpants.com slash hotline Monday. You can also follow us on Twitter at hotline Monday as well. Justin R. Young, Scott Johnson on Twitter. going to do it for us. Justin, anything else you want to say before we cut out? Uh, Baylor Morgulis. Baylor Morgulis. You heard it here first. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs>